I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So 2021 was a pretty crazy year, all the way from making $10 million to having a lot of personal turbulence in my life, to having a bunch of highs, having a bunch of lows, forgetting a a very big thing, moving country, relocating after 17 years of being in the UK. Um, There's a lot of stuff happened. Um, And I did one of these last year, although I think I was like six weeks later, like five weeks late when I actually recorded my life lessons. But I did one uh, technically earlier in the year, um, 11 months ago or something like that, about 2020. And I thought I would do one here in 2021. So these are the seven life lessons I learned in 2021. Now, it is actually currently Christmas. I decided to put the green and red lights, uh, Christmas spirit uh, this year, you know, being in Dubai and whatnot. Uh, not really celebrating, although a very sweet and gracious girl did give me a real-life Christmas tree here in Dubai, which was uh, was a very, very sweet gesture. But anyways, the point is, uh, this year I'm not celebrating Christmas. Um, And yeah, just kind of been uh, doing a lot of reflecting today, uh, a lot of meditating, um, and yeah, just kind of a little bit of unwinding down before the last few days of work uh, with the team. And then it's New Year's, my birthday, and my birthday is 3rd of January, and my Capricorn is... I would assume that's what most people would assume based on how stubborn I am about certain uh, topics and how outspoken I am about certain things. Um, So as I said, my birthday is 3rd of January every year. So from the 31st until the 7th of Jan uh, every year, usually I'm kind of MIA and um, just partying and enjoying uh, New Year's and my birthday and et cetera, et cetera. So um, as I said, it's actually Christmas Day. So I thought I would shoot this today. I got my candle lit. Uh, I have some water, <laughs> some very cold water, I guess you could say. Being Russian, this is actually my drink of choice. Um, yeah, some people really don't understand how I can just drink uh, vodka on the rocks, but um, but yeah, Russian blood, it's actually usually my uh, go-to drink. Um, so anyways, having a couple sips of this, um, and we'll break down what was a pretty crazy year. And as always, down below, you will find the giveaway winner for last video's gadget giveaway if you want to win a pair of free gadget glasses all you got to do very simple like the video and leave a comment and then just come and check back next video and uh check the pin comments the winner will be announced there and you can do that as many times as you want i know people who literally did that every single video i posted in 2020 for like nine months and then eventually end up winning a pair of these so yeah keep it going so the first lesson i learned in 2021 is environment is everything um i don't know obviously this year was a weird one i Spent the first two months in Cape Town, uh, which is kind of like just personally my favorite place on earth uh, or my favorite place on earth for that state of mind when I get in the state of mind of monk mode. Um, And, you know, that was great. You know, the first seven days of the year, I kind of partied and then I went into strict monk mode, uh, no alcohol, no caffeine, which I was kind of changing my protocol slightly. Um, So that was no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar. So strict carnivore diet. Uh, and then I think that was pretty much it. And then I came back for a week and then I did that same protocol, but I did an hour day of meditation and, uh, uh, pray one time, uh, you know, once a day as well. So, and that was like, like hard stipulated in there. Um, so yeah, I was in Cape town for the first like two months a year, came back to London. I was in London while I was actually in lockdown. Actually, no, I came back to London. I was in London for like a month and then I'm going to Maldives with my ex-girlfriend, then to Turkey 
came back, was here for like two months, came to Dubai for like three weeks uh, for all the paperwork and stuff like that. Uh, and then in the summer, I actually didn't leave London too much because I had so much work to do before I moved out of my place and left London eventually. Um, but then I kind of spent the second half of the year, sort of from, well, not second half, but like, you know, from September onwards in Dubai, in my new place, in this place that I'm recording this right now. So uh, September, I was here, uh, October, uh, November, I spent a bit of time in London and Madrid. And then uh, December, I spent a little bit of time away. But for the most part, kind of here for four months-ish. Um, and I'm already starting to see the differences between London, between Cape Town. And, you know, I've, I've had a, lots of experience in the past with places like Bali, um, places like Dubai, and places like, um, you know, Marbella, like the, just all these different places on Earth um, and, and spending sort of extended periods of time there and just uh, seeing what that does to me mentally and environmentally. And, you know, I spent a lot of time in America as well in 2018, 2019, uh, L.A., which I hated even back then uh, and i'm sure you've seen what's happened to it since uh new york uh, never spent any time in miami actually i've still never been one ago but <clears throat> my point is if you want to live in accordance to an ideal uh change your environment right and that's i think the uh the knife behind the devil's back that people get when they move to dubai luckily i was very well aware of this moving here and i feel as though i have a good head on my shoulders uh, but Dubai really is the land of temptation of everything, right? Uh, and I've seen a lot of people just kind of like LA just get lost here. And uh, as I said, luckily, I've kept a good head on my shoulders. And, uh, you know, as I said, I was aware of that coming into here and also, you know, living a pretty sort of, as I said, I, I guess my entire life is really just like a double life. It's like, hap, you know, 70% of the year, I am monk mode, head down, focus, like literally a grandpa, 30%. Uh, I live the most insane life. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's yeah i i guess we'll get out to that in, in one of the other uh, life lessons but um luckily i kind of you know went into dubai uh, with that with that correct mindset and with the red uh, and with the sort of correct head on my shoulders but um it's for that reason even spending a little bit of time in dubai here like you start to care about things that for example when i'm in cape town i don't care about and it's not necessarily that i don't care about them at all but it's just like you care about a little bit more here right um and i think you know, one of the interesting things, and, and I guess maybe there is merit to this when you're first starting off and you're first on a, uh, you know, trying to aspire and, and climb higher in your life uh, when it comes to wealth, when it comes to career, et cetera, et cetera. I understand being in a environment like New York, London, LA, Dubai, uh, whatever you name it, right? Like uh, sort of more affluent areas. I get it because, it, you know, you see the nice cars and you see the apartments and the houses and blah, blah, blah all this stuff. And it's, you know, you aspire for more. But I think that stops at a certain point. And for me, like, I don't like being in these flashy places because it's just like, it's a, as, as strong-willed as you are, you get sucked into the environment you're in, right? And it, it can be small things, right? Like, for example, like, if I'm in Cape Town, like, I don't feel a need to, like, shop for clothes, right? Like, I, you know, for me personally, I really, really like clothes, right? Like, I like fashion. See, my entire fashion is how much money can I spend so people who don't know me, you know, are randoms to me, don't know how much money I have, right? So, you know, for me, it's not like a flashy thing or anything like that. I just, as I said, I genuinely like getting cool pieces, um, uh, putting outfits together, taking them to my tailor, getting them tucked in and put in the way that I want. Um, I mean, to make that point, I even have my own fashion line and, you know, we make our own products and this and that. You know, products that I wear, right? Products that kind of fit in accordance to my style, simple, basic, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, anyways, when I'm in a place like Cape Town or Bali, um, I, I said certain things that matter to you in London or Dubai, they just really don't uh, appeal to you in these places. And I think if you are at a point where you're really solid in your business, the best thing I think you can do is actually go to places where there's really high quality of life, but there's actually not that much wealth or on paper wealth. Like for example, when I go to Cape Town and I actually, I guess maybe now might be an interesting point to tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm literally just signing the lease tomorrow. So you know, who knows, anything could happen, something could fall through, but I'm actually about to sign a lease tomorrow, a one-year lease, I'm gonna have a five-bedroom place in Cape Town, so I'm gonna have, whatever, two homes, one in Cape Town, one in uh, Dubai. When I go to Cape Town, like, the five-bedroom villa, man, is like ultra, ultra luxury, way more luxury than this, yet it's half the price. So the point is, you know, I think still go somewhere where it feels luxury, right, or it still feels, you have a great sense and a, a great sensation, a great feeling there, right? Um, and that's, for example, maybe sometimes the issue with Bali is it doesn't really feel that luxury a lot of times. Um, 
So you still have that sort of luxury feeling, but you know, you don't have a ton of this outside external wealth sort of drawing you in and stuff like that. So for example, you know, maybe this is better for people who are in, uh, you know, maybe old, later phases of their life. But for example, in the UK, like if I still lived in the UK or you know, when I eventually return, I'm sure I'll have a place in the Cotswolds, right? Quieter life, mostly year round. And then just also have a place in London. So that way, you know, when I want to get out the scene, I can go and stay in the Cotswolds. And then when I want to kind of be more social in this and that, I can be in London. And that's even in Dubai, even just being here four months, I'm like, man, it's just like a lot of stimulus and stuff like that. And I'm already thinking like, maybe I want to get a villa like 45 minutes out and just live a sort of quieter life here. Uh, because as much as, you know, as much like it's much easier for me to do monk mode in Cape Town, right? Than it is in Dubai. Dubai, a place where, you know, I already have a decent amount of friends and then literally every single week, like Dubai is like, for me, I don't, I think, I don't think there's a city on earth where I know more people transit through or come through per year, right? Like every single one of my friends, everyone I know is in Dubai at least once a year, just for some reason, right? Um, So for me, environment is everything. Once you get to a certain point in your career, in your life, if you, you know, have the location freedom, and I think this, to me, this is why it's so important to have a business and a career where you have time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. To me, I don't want a life where I want to have financial freedom, but I have no location freedom or time freedom. So... If you are location independent, I think the best thing you can do is, as I said, just go to a place where you still feel, you feel happy there, you feel good there, but, um, you know, there's actually not as much wealth, which is, as I said, counterintuitive. You know, most people think that, like, for example, in my case, like the next benchmark is, you know, 25 million after tax invested, right? So you think, oh, why would you not be in Dubai? And why would Dubai not be the perfect place for you to have that mindset of, like, more hustle? And this, and for me, it's like, I don't need any of that anymore. I just need, like, peace and quiet and time to really like focus on the projects that I want and to get away from the hecticness and the scene and like all this materialistic shit and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, if I were you guys look at places like uh, Medellin, look at places like Cape town, um, I said that are like, you still have, for me, it still feels an air of luxury, uh, especially like just how beautiful the architecture is in some of those places and the, and the properties you can get. Uh, but it's not, overly like brash and materialistic and this and that so environment really is everything uh to me that's lesson number one life lesson number two i learned in 2021 is a life lesson that i've already learned many many times over but you need to keep learning these lessons um and you need to keep being reminded of these lessons and that lesson is that hedonism does not equal happiness um this is just such a long conversation um you know the truest truth in life is that money doesn't make you happy um, but people who have no money aren't allowed to say that. <laughs> like, you know, like when I had no money, I literally knew that, but I was like, but you don't know, no, until you experience it. And even when you experience it, it still creeps back up on you. Right. And it's a process that you need to go through. And it's a process that probably I'll keep going through a few more times. And for me, it's never really been uh, so much about like, oh, more money. Um, for me, like, for example, I, I'd say it was like security or like investment portfolio. Like, for example, like if you told me three years ago that I would have 10 million after tax invested, uh, a little smidge over that now, actually. Um, so down with 10 million a year invested after tax, like I make low end, absolutely low end 500K all the way to, especially with some of the uh, the yield farming, with some of the better protocols out there, um, or just some of the higher risk investments. Um, 15%, right? Very easy, like 15%. So anywhere from five to 15% a year. So off whatever, let's just make it easy. Let's say 10 million. 500K to 1.5 million a year for the rest of my life. Right, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, but for the most part, for the rest of my life, and I live in Dubai, so I pay zero tax. So, if you told me that four years ago, I'd be like, "All right, cool." At that point, retire for like for your twenties, go live your life. And then it's funny because now, when I had a million after tax, like to my name or like in cash, you know, at that point I, I didn't invest it. Um, but point is, when I had a million compared to now that I have ten million after tax and invested actually making me money, I feel the same amount of safety and security, right? Like I'm still like, it's not enough. Like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, mm, once I get 50 million, right? I think that's when I'll feel like safe and secure. And probably once I get 50 million, I'll be like, I think probably 200 would do it for me, right? So it's just, it's always a game and it's always just like a, a lesson you need to learn. Um, and kind of more back on the, the hedonism part. I, I don't know this, and for me, nothing is a, I was, I I like to live a very expanded, broad aspect of life. And I think that's probably a thing that uh, uh, fascinates people uh, with me when it comes to entrepreneurship space is like, let me be honest with you. If you want to learn strictly business advice and this and that, um, 
there are 101 different people that can teach you it. But you, I think what's very fascinating for most people is they're watching someone, they're watching someone who's navigating through making a lot of money in their younger years, but just being very honest, like makes a lot of money and has a lot of the other stuff that most people want or think that money would get them. Like insane, insane social life. I don't know how to say this stuff without being like going across a certain way but being, or being crass, but like more high quality women than I could ever in a million years know what to do with. Uh, the sort of women that are getting chased by celebrities and billionaires and are pawning them off, waiting three months, praying that I'll come through their city or like go back to London or that I'll fly through London or Madrid or this city or that city or, you know, maybe the next time they're in Dubai, we can meet up. And, you know, so is that if you want um, strictly business advice, I feel for the most part, I could still probably give you uh, pretty decent ones because I've built a uh, pretty substantial businesses, especially for my age. Um, and, and definitely when it comes to the investment side of things. But I think the thing that's very fascinating for people is they're watching someone who like I live like it, it's very funny to me as well. Even uh, I have very good uh, relationships with all these watch brands and the things that like rappers rap about, like I actually live. And then I know from these representatives of these watch brands from Richard Mill, Patek Philippe, uh, Rolex, uh, Audemars Piguet, I'm friends with all these brands, not just like client, like actual like friends with all these brands. And uh, it's funny when they'll tell me about like a specific rapper and they're like, yeah, he doesn't actually own that piece or like he would never get allocated that piece. And it said like sometimes for me, like I have to stop and be like, what the fuck is going on? Because the, the stuff that rappers rap about, like I actually live and it's quite insane, um, but it's not fulfilling. Right. And it's it's fun to go through. And, and you know, the first six months of the year was it, it, it kind of um, th- this year kind of encapsulated uh, what my life is usually like, which is you know, 50, I mean, this year was a little bit more partying than I would have wanted. Um, but usually any given year, it'll be like 60 to 75% of the year is just me, monk mode, grandpa, you know, I got these bad boys on at, at 9 p.m. I'm in bed by 10 p.m. Uh, up at 6.30, my personal trainer's at my house and we go train. Um, and yeah, that's basically what the first seven months of this year were from Jan to July, or yeah, Jan to July was just monk mode right and then uh you know i got out of a relationship and um i'm sure uh you know most people know what that feelings like when you get out of a relationship and you're like you know what let me spread my wings and have a little bit you know have some experiences that you can't necessarily have when you're uh a single and um yeah i don't know i like one of these days i will write a book or something about just like the fucking crazy shit that i experienced in my life and uh the money the women the fucking parties that I mean like you guys I think you guys see some of the stuff on my Instagram like that's like the PG and, and I think like I, you know I don't post anything super super you know you don't look at my uh, Instagram and, and you know I don't think it's anything that's super crass it feels like I'm very subtle with everything but like the stuff you guys see on my Instagram I think you guys can still pick up a vibe of like some of the insane shit that I do and parties and women I'm around and this and that and um, that's like 1% my camera roll like uh yeah i don't know maybe one day i'll i'll release the other 99 percent of the crazy shit i do and whatnot but instead the reason i say all of this is because first of all i think it's a unique experience for most of you guys and especially for you guys who i don't know like uh, i guess i'm very open like my customers at especially the high uh you know the higher level ones agree and see and my clients if they're ever interested in some of the more like social design stuff and you know, the way that I structure my social life and this and that. Um, But I think it's very interesting for you guys because you guys aren't seeing someone who's just rigid and like, you know, and to be honest, I I think about this sometimes. I'm like, if I gave a, because I know everyone else that you guys are probably watching on YouTube, like from a business perspective, like they're, if if you look at like a pie chart of their life, like 100% is like business and work. And it's like, I don't know, just being honest in their 20s, I literally don't know anyone I've tried to look like I don't know any, I don't know anywhere in their 20s in the business space unless it's been some big sale of their company or something but like in terms of like free cash flow like you know I don't really know many sort of uh, online business people who kind of share some of their advice as they, as they go along their journey who have made as much as I have this year and that's with like 50% of my life focused on work 
like you know my health is very important to me as much as i party i do a lot of detox work and this and that so my biohacking my gym uh, all that stuff is important to me my social life is a massive part of my life like the, the amount of high level men and women that i meet is just is actually obnoxious um so sometimes i do think about it, i'm like what could i have achieved career-wise if i just like put all of you know that split focus with like these other sectors of my life like having fun like you know that's the other thing is uh, i was thinking about this the other day and i was like i always when i first started my business like profit was the number i respected the most and then as i got further along my journey i was like no it's not profit it's like how much do you still have and keep like how much have you saved and then it's like how much do you have invested and then only recently in the last like four or five months i realized like the number that i respect the more the most for someone is how much money do you have in your investment portfolio earning you like true true passive income like that but the high like the the most baller level is like and then how much have you blown like how many millions have you just blown on just like you know going to the best restaurants going on the best trips like partying like just enjoying your life because the other thing is like you only have you know you never get your 20s your 30s back and i think um you know that's that really is something to mention but this sort of big uh discussion is still at the end of the day about how uh, you know hedonism doesn't equate to happiness and uh, it, it really really is true like the happiest i am honestly like core true happiness is when i'm in cape town doing monk mode like that's that's genuinely from bottom of my heart happiness but you still need that night and day and for example i think if i'd done that six months and then i said usually some in the summer is kind of when i let, let my hair down by the way let my hair down doesn't mean you know everything goes to shit bear in mind i've been running my business for five and a half years my main business uh, the agency i've been running that business for five and a half years so that and then at Gradency, we have a great team and my software company which isn't even open publicly yet great team once again so like because of my team i can afford to have the months you know the first six months a year where i am by far the hardest working on my team and then there's three months a year usually where i'm like the least hard working on my team because i'm spending maybe like five hours a day working and the rest of the time i'm fucking around and partying and you know traveling and this and that um so as i said i think if i'd had that first six months or seven months of monk mode and then i'd done my normal three months of just partying and fun i think that would have kind of scratched that itch and then gone back into focus but uh with the move to dubai and everything like that like it's only been up until you know i kind of kept partying all of july august september october like four months and november actually so like five months of partying and then only december that i kind of get back into work mode and the work zone and this and that so um yeah i think going through periods of for me i said you can call these periods whatever you want or whatever you want in your life but for me these periods of monk mode and then sort of uh whatever like hedonistic tendencies so for me like i said i like to live 70 percent of my year in monk mode and i'm very i just like being more extreme like that and the other, other three months i like to be extreme and you know uh cut my hours down and just head down and focus um and as long as i think the juxtaposition of the two works really well in my life and um uh, as i said it, this is a lesson that i already knew but one that uh just as i said god served to me again this year which is you know hedonism truly doesn't equate to happiness lesson number three focus on a cash flow business and an aggressive portfolio in your 20s if you are 20 years old the main thing that you need to focus on is a cash flow business for me I've said it 101 different times. It's not very cool. It's not very sexy. Uh, it's very hands-off when you find the right, the right right-hand person. <laughs> you know, for example, for me, it's Danny. Uh, you know, he's been working with me for three 2018, three and a half years, almost four years. Um, wow. Um, so yeah, we've been working together for three and a half years. Um, you know, initially as a contractor, and then full time, and then. Uh, taking on a more CMO role at my agency. So, you know, it's, is it a cool business, right? Like, is it as cool as having, for example, like a physical product like this? Uh, no, not at all, right? But it pays the bills. And I think that was something that I even struggled with. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like this agency thing, like, you know, um, there's more exciting stuff out there and blah, blah. And, you know, the one thing that I'm always be grateful for is, you know, just the consistency of the agency, the cash flow provides me. And as I said, the agency isn't like the coolest business or whatever but what is cool is the amount of money and the amount of free cash flow it makes you and then you take that free cash flow you know for example in my case earlier in or towards the late end of 2020 i took a couple mil that i had saved up from the agency over the years i took that i invested it and i turned it into over eight figures after tax thank you dubai and that is cool and that's when you start having sort of 
you know, real athlete rapper money, right? Is when you, is that can take the money from your, uh, your cash flow business, right? So find any business where you make 500K to 2 million a year. And obviously, if you can have a business that makes more money than that, great. But in terms of, I'm talking free cash flow. I'm talking as in like profits that you can actually then go ahead and invest. There's not too many businesses out there where you can make more than two million a year unless you have massive infrastructure, right? I'm talking where you actually invest in the business and then like invest a lot of time, resources in the business. You have a physical office, this, that. Like remote businesses, there aren't many where you can make more than two or three million a year profit. As I said, stop listening to this revenue numbers. People tell you profit, okay? actual free cash flow that you can take and invest. So the strategy, here's the game. Here's how you win the game. You find a business, we make 500K to 1.5, 2 million a year. You save, uh, or sorry, uh, you take 70% and you invest it. So 70% of everything you make, you invest. The other 30%, you blow and you feel zero guilt, right? You can spend that money, right? Because you're in your 20s and you deserve it. And what will happen is if you do that consistently in your 20s, by the time you're 40, you should easily, easily have, if you take the principal, so let's say you do a blended average of, let's say for 10 years, you know, 750K a year for 10 years, right? 7.5 million. By the time you're, let, let's say you do this process in 20, uh, from the age of 25, by the time that you're 34, or let's say even 28, uh, so 28 to 38, by the time, so you have 7.5 million in principal. And then as, as I said, you also have to go aggressive with your portfolio because at that age, you don't have much to lose, honestly. In your 20s and even your early 30s, you really don't have that much to lose, okay? If you take 7.5 million, it can very easily, and I'm not even talking about like, if you find something like cryptocurrency here, it can very easily turn into something like 15, 20, 30, 40, even 50 million, just from seven and a half million in principle, if you find the right investment opportunities, and it is about finding the right investment opportunities. I'm sick and tired of hearing all these idiot entrepreneurs talking about invest in your business, invest in your business. Shut up, shut up. What are you talking about? You get to a point in your business where you make so much money, where what are you gonna do with that extra money? You're gonna reinvest in your business just to make more money. And you get to a point where you can't really reinvest in your business because you'll spend money and then you get a diminishing returns. Right. And you especially think about that from an advertising perspective. I know basically my entire life has been based on advertising. That's what I do for a living. Right. That's what I do for a living. That's what our agency does for our clients. And then we show other agency owners how to do that. Trust me. And then for that, for both businesses, we even advertise to do that. So look, name of the game, find a business that provides you free cash flow. And then the most important thing is you take that free cash flow and you multiply it many, many times over with investments. Okay. That is the name of the game. And I am stupid and knock myself, okay, for the fact that I only started doing that really properly a year ago, just over a year ago, right? Um, Whatever, let's say 14, 15 months ago, something like that. Granted, before that, you know, I was investing. I was, I've always been big into watches, you know, and, you know, people wonder why the hell I've spent probably close to, I don't know, maybe like one, $1.2 million at this point on watches. because my watch portfolio is worth like 2 million or 2.2 or something like that. Like I double my money with watches with a tangible item. That's a ho- that's a genuine hobby of mine. Like I actually love watches. I love horology. So um, yeah, you know, um, my biggest regret and my biggest mistake is actually listening to a lot of people who are like, no, 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 stockpile cash, you know, reinvest in the business. But as I said, you get this in certain businesses, you get to the point where what else are you going to reinvest in? Right. And the, you need to understand what purpose that business serves in your life. For me, these are cash flow businesses to then take that free cash flow and invest it. I have other businesses, for example, my software company. The goal of that business is not profit. Right. The goal of that business is to build it to as big a valuation as humanly possible. Right. So you need to understand, you know, where uh, different businesses slot into different aspects of your life. So that really is lesson number three is if you're in your 20s, build a cash flow business which I had done. I was very successful at that. I built a couple of those. And most importantly, invest it in uh, investment portfolio that is a little higher risk than normal. And especially in this current environment, you have to be stupid not to be investing money right now, right? The, the people who are getting f***ed right now, really, really f***ed are the savers, okay? The ones who are saving money right now are really the ones who are in trouble. Because the reason that literally any Rolex, the stuff that was literally, you could get discounts for, and I remember I was even getting discounts for some of these two years ago. The reason that you're getting, uh, you know, literally any of these watches, you walk out of the store and they're worth more than retail is because everyone is trying to find a place to park their cash because no one wants cash right now, okay? So that is really lesson number three. 
Life lesson number four from 2020 is for me personally, I feel unfulfilled when I'm not close to God. So I know that some of you guys may be rolling your eyes right now. And, you know, um, anytime religion comes up. And by the way, like, let me make this clear. I'm not religious, right? Like, I'm not religious, but I believe in God. To me, the two are, are very, very different. Um, and God can take many forms for you. For me, when I think of God, I don't think of a specific person. I'm not talking to a person. Um, but, you know, I, from a very, very early age, I built up a relationship with God. And I guess for me, having uh, probably one of the most traumatic, uh, sinister, f***ed up, demonic uh upbringings that I I could ever imagine, um, 99% of which I don't even talk about to close friends. Um, I guess I had no choice because it was just a feeling of like, I am have so little control in my life that you just surrender to something bigger. So I spent most of my early life up until probably the age of like 15 or 16, where I started quite clearly to become a bit of a smart ass and think that everything was think that uh, the byproduct of my life, which of course, yes, the byproduct of your life is a lot of your own action, but a lot of it is God's grace. And by the way, if when I say God, if you just want to swap that out for the universe, right, we can just call it that if you want. Um, I said, for me, when I think of God, I don't actually think of a specific person. So um, I guess you could even say uh, just whatever, a, a collective consciousness or a higher power, whatever you want, whatever makes you feel comfortable. The point is, I had a very good relationship with God up until probably the age of like 14 or 15 when I started reading a book a week. I read a book a week for four years as I was building my business. Uh, when I started really, you know, going out there and, you know, in the it, tangibly, you know, m making moves and, you know, doing things and actions and, you know, thinking that all everything that was in my life was simply a byproduct of my own personal actions, which, as I said, f you need to adopt that mentality, especially at the beginning. But other than that, let's be honest, most of it is luck or grace or whatever you want to call it. For me, as I said, I think it's uh, a lot of it is God's grace. And um, and especially in recent years, a lot of the time I, I kind of just have no relationship with God. I don't pray. Uh, the first half of the year, I was praying pretty much most days. Um, I had a great relationship with God. Uh, and just, you know, when that happens, I feel very centered. I feel very centered. I feel very calm. Uh, and I feel the most fulfilled I ever feel. So I guess, as I said, for me, it was a, a good life lesson. I really, I think from the, uh, you know, from 2017 up until mid 2020, and if you guys watched last year's uh, life lessons, you know, I went through a very uh, turbulent mid summer of 2020, uh, where I was very, very heavily uh, depressed, suicidal, like very, very strongly considering it. Um, and that's once again i guess it was just that feeling of surrender like fuck, i have no choice but to surrender and, and admit that there's something that i can't help myself right now because by the way you know for me it was not like you know for me it wasn't like those people who are depressed and they're like you know they're severely severely overweight um and if you don't want to tell me that doesn't contribute to depression then you know and you should just love yourself then uh probably this is in the channel for you um you know so uh, you know, I wasn't one of those people who was at that time. I wasn't even, I was, I was, I, I literally just came from six months of like not even having a sip of alcohol. So I wasn't even drinking or drugs or, um, you know, I was severely overweight or I was like, I had no, um, uh, prospect of, 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 or a bright future. Like I had everything anyone could ever want for. And it still was, uh, I went through, you know, what some people call a dark night of the soul experience. So as I said, for me last summer, I kind of just had to submit and go, mm -hmm. I can't help myself here, right? And that's kind of when I started to every single day, slowly start to rebuild uh, a relationship with God. And, you know, I carried that through for almost like a solid year. And it was so great. Like it was so fulfilling. And then just somewhere around the summer, <laughs> uh, you know, it just kind of went away, you know, because uh, as I said, I was just starting to party more and enjoy myself more and this and that. Uh, and with that can come, First of all, you know, you're just not living as healthy. So it's hard to like sort of, uh, you know, you're f***ing, I guess for some people, you know, they can call them chakras. For some people, it's just literally brain fog, uh, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, you know, you're just like, you're not, uh, you're not centered, right? And when you're not centered, it's really hard to kind of have that relationship with a higher power. So yeah, I kind of realized like for me, uh, I'm very just unfulfilled when I don't have a relationship with God. And I think uh, there's a way... Um, 
and I look forward to a future where if I am going through a you know one of those periods because I'm sure it'll happen in the future again where I'm enjoying myself I'm being a little bit more uh, hedonistic uh, you know there's a little bit more debauchery going on in my life can I have that and can I still keep a very good relationship to God and still feel very centered uh, and I know that's possible and i think that's just something i need to focus on the next time i go uh, you know next time round where i said i'm just living a little bit more uh hedonistic than, than you know the other 70 percent of the year so um so yeah that's uh i guess life lesson number four is uh uh for me uh i said i feel um very off-centered and very unfulfilled when i don't have uh, a relationship with um with god as i said in your case you can refer to it as a higher power or uh, the universe or, or whatever it is that you want life lesson number five from 2021 is you only have so much bandwidth and this is referring to business people hobbies activities whatever it is that you want imagine what you can accomplish uh, and pff, damn i hate to i think it was uh, bill gates uh, bill gates that said this quote and it, it actually makes me want to throw up in my mouth having to quote bill gates um but it is true you know uh, most people do overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in 10. And you need to understand that whatever your aspirations and goals are for uh, 2022, you probably, the actual goals I'm sure you can accomplish, but you'll probably be able to, like actually things that you're able to do probably accomplish a lot less than you thought, right? Uh, and you're probably, the main key here is you're probably gonna have way less bandwidth than you actually imagine. And that's something that I've started to realize as I am now at a point where I have four companies, I have an investment portfolio that I need to manage uh, and, and have grown very successfully. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while, I don't, it doesn't take over my life too much, but, you know, I still do need to keep track and I make a couple of strategic moves and trades and uh, things with my investment portfolio that have, you know, worked out very, very well. So between all that, and then also, especially recently in the last sort of second half of the year, having to manage, once again, a very active social life and this and that, um, I just realized I just have way less bandwidth than I would have wanted. And um, going into 2022, I just think uh, both from a business perspective, I'm going to be taking on way less, even though I've been so good at saying no to everything so far. And the things that I've said yes to, the businesses and opportunities I've said yes to, it makes sense that I did it. And like there's, they were just so blatant. They were just like, they were just really just opportunities that just made so much sense that I couldn't pass them up, but it's still a lot on my plate. So going into 2022, I guess it's just um, for me, just being a little bit more honest that like I really can't do everything to 100% if I bite off more, right? And the thing is for me, uh, I know that with people, uh, with customers, clients, whatever it is, they know that whatever I do, it will be A1, whether it is at the education company, whether uh, you know it's blue light blockers, whether it's simple pocket tea that you think you know can't be, you know, you a simple great pocket tea that you put on and you're like, how could this make me feel um, special? And how can this make me feel like, you know, uh, like, I'm, like I'm wearing something that's, that's truly world-class. Everything from that to the way that we operate at the agency, you know, I, I want to be a 10 out of 10. And I can't be if I take on any more stuff. And I think that's been a definitely a realization or I can't unless I restructure. And that's a, a big thing that I've been focusing on this year is really how do I put in better management? Because the thing is right now, uh, I'm definitely not a solopreneur. I have a big team between the businesses, but at the end of the day, I am still the roadblock to everything that goes on. And now um, really starting to come to the realization that I really do. I mean, I always give this advice, you know, uh, work on the business, not in the business. And I've always supplied that, you know, like 90%, 95% of the minutia that goes on in the business, like the actual stuff that needs to happen in order for us to actually serve our customers, clients, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not involved with, right? But where I, I have been stuck with, and this is, you know, you always face new challenges and problems as the business grows, is management, right? The actual management and running of the business, because at the end of the day, like there are still things, there are still roads that lead back to me. And until I, I address that problem or give it a green light or this or that, or give the big strategic decision, I am the roadblock. And when you have whatever, four different companies, right? And there's like strategic decisions, and sometimes there'll be multiple strategic decisions I want and you're the roadblock, then that can cause a real serious roadblock. So, you know, now restructuring and realizing that like I have to, and I've realized this, especially at the education company, because it's really the one that's the most like complicated. Um, I have to put in a good management team and just trust them that they'll do it. 
uh and you know they can make the strategic decisions for me and they can sort of run the ship so yeah that was a that was sort of a big life lesson in terms of uh, work and another big uh, uh, lesson when it comes to you only have so much bandwidth and that life lesson and that aspect of it is just in terms of like friends and stuff like that friends and i said i have such a big network and it's i am still so um good at just saying no and just saying no to like meeting people and i'm not really a big networker you know to become my friend is almost literally impossible it's very very difficult to become my friend or get access to me uh in any meaningful way you know uh outside of like yeah to to really get true access to me and nonetheless it's still too much right like this you only have so much bandwidth and for me it's like am i gonna and which i've kind of been entertaining more in the last six months am i gonna give my bandwidth to this person or this or am i gonna give my bandwidth to my close friends to my team that's a big thing like I feel as though, as I said, I got really stretched the second half of the year where I couldn't give as much time and attention and focus to my team. And I realized now in 2022, I, w- I have just submitted to the fact that I won't be able to do that, which is why the, the focus is on the management and the team and everything that comes with that. So yeah, that's another thing to mention. So the sixth life lesson that I learned in 2021, it's more really a question to pose to yourself is what are you trying to prove? And it's actually something that I have up on my mirror uh, one of my daily questions to ponder over yeah for me i think at this stage as well it's it's a very important question to continue to ask myself ask myself am i doing as much as i feel like i have full autonomy in my life um and people know i don't really for the most part i don't really do things for others or at least outward seeming or outward facing like i'm i don't really give a about anyone's uh, opinion or at least i say i don't but then again you gotta always question your beliefs and question what you think your motives are but um you know i will talk about very sensitive topics i'm not you know i'm very comfortable losing customers clients friends uh for being the totally opposite of politically correct i'm very not politically correct um because i there's just so much and stuff on this earth and you get everyone's just so scared to like lose business and money as i said for me i'm not at the place where i want to be financially but even at 10 million, I mean, if I lost all my customers and clients, but in return, I kept my dignity and I kept my ability to say what I want about topics, um, then I'll take that all day. Cool. I think I can live off 750K to a million a year uh, for the rest of my life. I think I'll be fine. Um, so anyways, I always have to ask myself this question of what are you trying to prove? Um, and I, I kind of look at it from a few different areas of my life. And, and kind of one of the ways that I looked at it is, for example, when it comes to the gym, uh, I am at the moment, I'm six foot, 183 centimeters. Uh, although if you ask, ever ask me my height in the comment section, uh, someone on my team, it's like a running joke now, people, uh, people on my team, obviously there's like a few people who have access to my uh, comments. So before I can ever comment, which I try my best to do between uh, whatever, let's say if I'm in an Uber or something like that, I always try my best to respond to comments in the, in the comment section. But before I can get this, someone on my team will put like, that I'm like 5'8 or something like that. So I'm 183 centimeters, which just barely scrapes six foot club, which I'm very lucky considering my mom is literally a midget. I think she's like 5'2 or something like that. Yeah, 5'2 or something like that. I don't know, 5'2, 5'3. And then apparently my biological father is like 5'8 or something. So I don't know how I ended up like this. But anyways, my point is, um, you know, I'm six foot right now, 89 kilos. uh, And all year round, I'm sub 10%. Uh, I can be anywhere from like eight and a half all the way to like just under 10, like 9.8 or something like that. But the reason I say all this is because like I, like that's, I mean, like I run multiple full-time businesses and I have a very, 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 very good physique, but I never look at that or like I never like go to the gym and I'm like, oh, I need to get like to this place, you know, because then once I get there, like then I'll be happier. Like for me, when I go to the gym, like I really don't, care ever like you know i know like a lot of guys like they'll take off their shirt and they're like oh like the the girls are looking at my like six pack and you know me like for me like i literally it's to the point where i don't even acknowledge that i have what people would consider like a good physique like at all like i'm just like yeah like i've just got a i don't know i've got a body <laughs> you know like it's just it's a, it, and it's very i guess the reason i say this is because it's very interesting to look at the way that i look at that compared to like the way that i look at business and sometimes i think in business i still feel like i have something to prove and i don't know if you know, that's not a very healthy place to come from, you know, feeling like you still have something to prove. Um, and I'm like, mm, yeah, cool, whatever. At 21, I'm, maybe I have 10 million after tax, you know, my investment portfolio. But, you know, if I was like, 
if I had 25 or if I had 50 and you, you could all play this game, right? Um, and I think as long as, and I guess I even look at like, for example, at the education company, I spent so much money, time and effort on this custom platform and I don't regret any of it, but also a large part of it was like, I feel that it was just like, if it was coming from a place of like you ha- feeling like I needed something to prove, right? Um, and I look at that, for example, kind of like the agency, like I look at the agency kind of like my when it comes to like health and gym and physique and stuff like that, I'm just like, yeah, I just want to grow the agency. Like, of course, like I've been doing this for five years and I just want to grow it. And I just want to have great clients and this, and like, I kind of take that same approach of like, that I still have with the gym. I'm just like, yeah, I just want to go to the gym and I just want to do it just cause I like, I enjoy it. Like I like it. Whereas like, I look at, um, uh, I look at, for example, like the education company kind of like a little bit more like money, like, Oh no, like I need to, um, I still feel like I had something to prove. And I think, at the end of the day, that's always crippling. Like you, the, the best thing you can do is when you just genuinely love something and you just like, you just do it. Cause you're just like, why would I not improve? Right. Um, and, uh, as I said, even, you know, with a custom platform, I felt like, you know, I felt like I never wanted to be like put in the same category as like some other like online educators there. Let's just, let's just be honest. Like are genuinely in it for just a quick buck. Like they don't give a about their customers. They don't give a about like building something that's like, different and you can be proud of so you know uh i said i don't regret the the custom platform and all the time and effort that went into it uh, at all but i wonder how much better could i have actually made it if i didn't if it wasn't coming from this place of like mm, like i'll show the industry like i'm gonna do something different like i'm gonna uh what's it called like i'm gonna really like claim g like greency stake as like the premiere and it was more just like oh like i just want to do this because like the customers are going to love it. And I wonder, you know, it's really just like these two, it might seem like the same outcome, but it's, it's not like the, cause you come from it from two different places. And when you come from it from two different places, you just think very differently. Right. Um, and just understand any, you know, and I, I still have so much work to do when it comes to, uh, ego and pride and this and that, even though like I say all this stuff, but I'm so like, I'm my number one, critic and I'm like the first person to look at myself and go "Mm, what areas of your life and what areas of your personality do you really need to work on and what areas of your personality do you really need to yeah just just, I guess just work on and just like I'm the first one to kind of put a mirror up to to my character and go that's probably not aligned with who you want to be you should probably do something about that so you know uh although I am very uh I am a person who's on a, a perpetual pursuit to be a, a, the man that I know I can be. Um, I'm still plagued with ego and pride and this and that. Um, and that's that's crippling, right? Um, and I said, anytime that you do something, and by the way, it can be very good. And I think this is like the difficult thing. I, you're listening to this, these reflections, and these reflections are, if this is four years ago in my journey, these would be very different reflections. And I would, I would probably disagree with a lot of these life lessons and be like, ah, that's not important. Or like, no, you actually did things the right way. And as I said, it's just every couple years, even every year, you have to approach things very differently. Right. And where I am right now, I can't approach it from the same way that I approached it four years ago. Right. Where it was like, yeah, yeah, I got something to prove. Like, you know, I already had a very successful business when I dropped out of high school, but you know, everyone thought I was crazy. Um, the terrible people said about not only me, but like my, my mother and her mothering abilities, mothering. I don't think that's, I don't think that that made sense, but yeah, I don't know. mother. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how else to put it, but anyways, her abilities as a mother, um, was just horrible. Like the, the stuff that like my, like, I don't know. I wouldn't call my friends, like the, the kids in my school, like their parents would say, and I don't know, this might come off as a douchey calling, but whatever. Like, these are the same parents who now their 21 year old kids still live with them. And next year I'm going to buy my mom a house. And by the way, I would have done it a long time ago, except the issue is, you know, uh, you know, for me, it's uh, when I want to buy my mom a house, it's not a uh, $500,000 house. It's a $4 million house in in central London, you know, Um, that would be her dream home. Right. So and it's, it's a, I digress. My point is, right? Um, yeah, you know, these are the, the same parents who you know, are still having to take care of their children. And my mom's fully retired. And wherever I go in the world, you know, my mom lives in the same building. I got her apartment here for six months. Uh, she lives in the same building. Wherever she goes, wherever I am in the world, wherever I move to, I always make sure she, uh, she has a place five minutes away and she always has a key to my place. Um, and she comes in every single day. And, you know, I see my mother every single day, which I fucking love. So, 
anyways, I said, uh, I went on a little bit of a side tangent here, but it was all really just to say that, um, you know, if you're watching this, um, you know, when I dropped out of school and I guess even before I, you know, I had my other motivations and reasons to start my business and I said a very, very fucked up traumatic end. Well, I guess there's a big thing between responsibility and then just trauma and uh, just uh, whatever, just to, yeah. I, there's a difference between like, there's kids who grow up with, and they're like, they have to be the man of the house or woman of the house or whatever it may be, but man of the house. And that's a responsibility thing. And then there's other ones where it's just like severe trauma because you can have a kid that comes from like the wealthiest family, but have the most sinister fucked up childhood ever. Uh, and then you could have uh, someone who has like loving parents in this now, but they still, for whatever reason, have to be like the breadwinner. I was just so lucky that I had both. <laughs> um, so, um, as I said, you know, for me, I had my reasons in this and that. And, you know, maybe when I first started my business, this whole idea in it of like, you know, feeling like I had something to prove, uh, prove to myself and prove to the world, uh, maybe that would have served me. But as I said, now where I am at my stage, it doesn't. And I need to let go of it. And any time that I do something with this, still the sense of like needing to prove something to other people, that's when I probably should you know, take a pause, take a deep breath and realize the outcome of this won't be as good as if you come from it from a wholehearted. And by the way, everything I do is for the most part, because I actually want to do it. Like I actually just want to make more money because why would you know? It's like, it's a fun, I mean, I like building and, and business is a game of building and like the way you get rewarded is money, right? And that's the way that you kind of keep keep track of, of the value you provide in the world of business. And that's really my motivation for like 80% of it, but there's still that 20% of like, mm, you know, I still have that next thing to prove and that next thing to prove and that next benchmark. And it's, I just don't know how much that really serves me anymore. So I guess that's something I just reflected on this year. So the seventh and final life lesson from 2021 is that the next 10 years will be very turbulent. And I truly from the bottom of my heart believe this. And I am strapped up and ready to go and I'm mentally prepared for that uh, the next 10 years will be uh, will be bad um, and I hate to be pessimistic and also bear in mind these rules a lot of these rules and a lot of these the things that are coming and you can even see in the past two years the things that have happened they don't apply to you if you have money and I hate to say it and you know I think sometimes people get like uh, I, I've even uh you know, with all the like sort of uh, restriction stuff and everything that's gone on the past years, I've had people be like, you speak from a very privileged place. And it's like, no, f you like I had I genuinely from all my heart don't know a single person on earth. Well, I guess personally know a single person on earth who had a more difficult childhood and said both from the uh, perspective of having to take care of their single mother. And second, the unspeakable things that I went through growing up. So, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that when I was 14, I started my business. And then when I was 16, I fucking was getting three, four hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, falling asleep when I went to school, building my business for me and my mom. At the time I was 17, I had employees dropped out of school. And basically 2017, 2018, 2019, all I did up until the summer of 2019, all I did was work to the point where like, I even had like best friends be like, dude, I haven't seen you in four months and you live five minutes away from me. I'm like, yeah, I'm building. So yeah, you know, when I say this stuff, like, you know, like just, I don't know, I guess, I guess for the, the people who have been here for years and years and literally have seen me sign my first real, like big proper client and move into my first ever apartment and do all the stuff that I've done and, you know, see me, see this entire journey, you know, I, I know for you guys, it doesn't trigger you, but maybe some of the new people, when I say, you know, these rules don't apply to the rich, uh, which, you know, whatever, I'm barely in that camp. Like I'm talking like the ultra wealthy, which I'm still, you know, I'm still not in that club, I would say. Um, bear in mind, you're not talking to like, you're not hearing this from like some rich trust fund kid, right? Like I'm one of you, right? Like I'm one of you, you know, me and my mom, we fall into the exact same camp as you. So I said the next 10 years will continue to be bad unless you know how to play the game. So the last two years have been, for the most part, I said there's been some turbulence here and there, the best two years of my life, right? And I have made insane illegal amounts of money past two years well this all this stuff is going on right and i've traveled wherever i want and i've done whatever i want and i have had literally no repercussions right and i've been smart enough to see everything that's going on in europe and what did i do i moved to dubai and you know we'll see whether that's the right option or not but at the moment you know there's no lockdowns in dubai there's no passes there's no this or that etc etc and you know even if there were i have no issue because once again just without going into too much detail uh just understand um 
when you when you have money, rules don't apply to you. Full stop. Okay. So what you need to do is make some fucking money. <laughs> and I hate to put it any other way, you know. And I, I trust me, I respect. I truly, from bottom of my heart, respect the spiritual journey you're going on and this and that. But like, and now at my sort of financial standing, like I can kind of look and I can, you know, I can sort of nurture my spiritual journey and this and that and kind of, I can focus on that a little more. But if I was just starting off right now, I'll be like, all right, that I'm going to suck all my emotions in and I'm going to focus 100% on making money because right now you got to make money. First of all, it's never easier been easier to make money because the economy is just like it's it's a, it's a joke how easy it is to first of all make money from your business and then second invest in and multiply it many times over once you have a decent sum of money because of the way the economy is right now or at least as I said in our industry right if you go to the rest of the economy they're hurting bad but in our world the online world it's very very easy and the way the things are gonna go in the next ten years right way you you think this thing's gonna stop like in a month two months. There are going to be more and more and more lockdowns. And there's going to be another, you know, there's going to be once all this stuff is over, there's going to be lockdowns for another reason, which is I said, I won't get too much into here, but there's going to be another reason that they're going to lock you down and going to say, you have to stay inside, you know, to protect everyone else for this other reason. And I said, I mean, I to talk about that in some, some other video. Um, and there's going to be more tyranny and you need to have, what have I been saying to you guys for the longest time? What have I been trying to drill into you? You need a business or a career, right? By the way, because the same things I'm telling you right here apply to my team because my team make incredible money. They all have location freedom. They can work from wherever they want in the world and time freedom, right? I don't tell my team ever, you have to be at your desk at this time and this, like they do the work. And if they want to sleep in that day and work later, I don't care. You know, we have certain team meetings, but I'm, I'm the boss. I'm the business owner, but I still have to be those meetings, right? So as I said, this doesn't only apply to like being a business owner. Like even if you can join an organization and still get these same benefits, but the three things you need in your life, financial freedom, location, freedom, and time freedom. Okay. You need those things and you need those things ASAP. And by the way, having financial freedom and not having location freedom, you're still okay. Look at what's some of the tyrannical up stuff that these countries are pulling on their citizens. All right. Imagine being Australian right now. Imagine living in Australia and you got financial freedom, but you can't leave your own country. <laughs> I don't know too much about the, the history of Australia, but from what I understand, Australia used to be where all the British, basically the British colony went and shipped off all their prisoners. And what happened hundreds of years later, Australia is a prison. You guys live in a big massive prison because you guys have weak I'm sorry to say it, but you got weak men. All right. You got weak men that will not protect your women, will not protect your kids. And you have your men to blame for the position you're in. Okay. And at least, at least if you're in, I don't know what's another up country right now, at least if you're in France or you're in Holland or something, at least you can go over the border, at least get in your car and you can drive and you can leave. I'm sure you can't even leave. If that doesn't prove to you. And by the way, this is the stuff that I was talking about 18 months ago. And what do people call me? They call me a crazy conspiracy theorist. Okay, cool. There you go. All right. I have nothing to gain. So as I said, I think the next 10 years are going to be really bad before they get really, really good. I think the 2030s, that period on, I think we're going the most profound, blissful era that we've been in for a long, long time. I think the next 10 years, they're going to push, push, push until it reaches breaking point. But you need to be able to have, as I said, those three things in your life, location freedom, time freedom, and financial freedom. And when you have those things and actually time freedom, of course, I, I just think is important in general, but especially financial freedom and location freedom, you need those two things. All right. Financial freedom, and location freedom. So as I said, whether that is joining an organization that can give that to you or whether that is starting your own business, I don't really care how you do it, but just do it. Okay. Because you know, I, there definitely was a point in this year where I was like, you know, I think the tyrannical stuff is over and I knew that it would creep up again, you know, maybe in three years or something like that. But I, I thought they would give us some, a little bit of respite. Not happening. This stuff's just going to keep going. So um, you need to be able to navigate. We're in very, very stormy seas at the moment. So you need to be nav- uh, be able to navigate it. So that is the seventh life lesson that I learned. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I think this is probably, probably blabbered on about a lot of stuff um, and went on many, many tangents. Um, 
uh, and yeah, this video definitely isn't going to rank well in the algorithm or anything like that, but I thought it'd be something, um, you know, I thought it'd be something interesting to give you guys before, uh, the start of the new year. So on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for sticking until this point. I know that if you've got in here, then you are hungry for more knowledge and more content. So I went ahead and specifically picked out an incredible video for you to watch next that I know you're going to love. Check it out right there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.